everybody. I'm Bill Whittle here with my friend and colleague, uh, Alfonso Rachel. This is The Virtue Signal, the show where we talk about how society is being destroyed by the Internet, brought to you on the Internet. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of what I want to talk about today, Zoe. Um, this, this thing, yeah, I've been a big science fiction fan for pretty much all my life, and science fiction's covered pretty much everything. I remember very clearly in 2001, A Space Odyssey, which was made in 68, I think, released in 68 yeah. anyway. There's a scene where these two astronauts are sitting there and they've just got these iPads. They're just looking at, this is, you know, years and years ahead. Video conferencing, all of this stuff, jetpacks, everything. But no one saw the internet coming. I am not aware of anybody who saw it coming before it got here. Um, and so here we are with this new servant like uh, you know, it's pretty fair to say it's fire, you know, it's the fire of the information age. It's uh, George Washington said fire was a was a, a, a great servant, but a terrible master. And and it looks like we've got both. So I thought we could just have a little chat about what the Internet is doing to society. And since the uh, the world is upside down out there, why don't we start with the bad stuff? Because I think the good stuff is fairly self-evident, but we'll get to that in a second. Um the internet is changing, is changing people. It's it's changing everything. It changes the way we think. I'm not even interested so much in the in the um, censorship and stuff that we've talked about. Let's just leave that out because we've been down that road a few times, and I'm sure we will again. I'm just talking about the idea that there's this constant connectivity between people. Uh, I sometimes listen to one of these. Um, uh, crime series on YouTube. That's all I watch is, is <laughs> I, I only watch user-generated content. That's the only thing I watch. And I was just coming into work and, and they said, yeah, well, she disappeared, you know, and, and her social media went silent and there was no signal from her cell phone. And I realized we're all connected all the time now. And, and this connectivity, strangely enough, seems to be destroying connections between people. Man, you know, it's, it, what's, you said something that uh, reminded me of that. What's that meme that goes out there? Uh, um, Moses, the first one to actually download on a tablet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been a while uh, since then. But yeah, uh, and, and you know what? If the stuff that we were downloading now was as good as the stuff that Moses downloaded, I don't think we'd be in any trouble. Right. And now, and isn't it interesting, though, man, when like, you know, when we, when we be doing this stuff, man, you know, it's like swipe. Swipe, swipe, swipe. You just you started, and and when when the law was written to Moses, that's how God did it. It says that the law was written to Moses by the finger of God. You, you know? know what? Hold, hold that thought for a second, because that's really interesting. Mm. Uh, actually, as usual, um, because God theoretically could have put a tablet in every single person's hands, right? Sure. I mean, they just woken up the next day with a book on their lap. Yes. And and the idea that this that this information was so important that it had to be transmitted by a human mm. is kind of, I think, sort of where we're going with this. There is, there is no humanity in the message now, mm. even though the message is, is largely as obviously composed by humans, there seems to be a lack of human connectivity as a general rule. And when you mentioned Moses, I thought, yeah, they, he didn't just he didn't just write it on, on a mountain where everybody could read it, right? He gave it to somebody who was wise enough to understand what it was and then and then impart that wisdom 
face to face, basically, is what I'm saying. That's right. That's right, man. And, you know, and, and as, as I've said before, you know, the, the, the law was written on both sides of the tablet. You know, to make sure that when Moses holds up the law, it's like, okay, the law is there for you to read. But hey, Moses, these laws apply to you too. You got to see the law also. You're not above the law. So this is really important. And, and it's, this right there is, this is one of those ways that Jesus lets people know that, yeah, dude, I was the one who gave Moses the law. So everybody knows that story of, uh, you know, uh, the woman caught in adultery and they bring it to Jesus. Hey, Jesus, what's up with this, man? What do you say? And Jesus starts writing on the ground with his finger. Right. It's just a little subtle thing that he lets them know. It's like, uh, yeah, that law that you guys are bringing to me, I wrote that. Uh, so you know, it's it's you know, now when when they get these laws and we're talking about connectivity, Jesus is always wanting us to make the connection, right, dude? Is it when when it talks about the gate at the tabernacle? When you break down the word gate, it means to add it up. It means to calculate. You're supposed to see who I am. I'm a Levite, man. I'm your high priest, and the word Levite itself means connect. I'm your connector. Isn't it so interesting that in these days, human connection seems to be so important, but people are trying to connect with each other on their own terms. And it's like, no, you guys are driving each other apart. I'm the guy who actually connects you. You guys are wanting representation. When I created you in my image, that's what the word breaks down to. You're wired to want representation. You're wired to want to represent because that's how I created you. It's not just in my image. I created you to represent me in nature. And people are pursuing these, they have these pursuits of knowledge. Everybody wants to be, you know, so informed. It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to want to be informed. It's not a bad thing to want to be in the know and, and woke and all that sort of stuff. It's just so interesting that, you know, the, the, the temptation was, yeah, your eyes will be opened, right? You're going to be woke. That was the selling point from the Satan, from Satan in the very beginning. It's just so weird how this so-called archaic book has been reading us from the beginning, right? And they leapfrogged over the tree of life. Tree of life? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That knowledge is power thing. That's what I'm sold on. I don't care what kind of, even if it's the knowledge of evil, I want it. And when people put this premium on knowledge over life, then we get a whole bunch of problems and we're using this internet thing to just fortify ourselves with so much knowledge and more and more growing colder and estranged from each other. Well, the more knowledge that's available, the dumber people seem to be getting it's right. something I've noticed. But, um, you know, I've long, I've long known, uh, for forever, probably subconsciously anyways, I was always a good storyteller. I remember I wrote a something for the school newspaper when I was in third grade or something about a trip to an amusement park. So I've always had a real natural affinity and ability to understand the power of story. And we learn all of our lessons through story. Every TV show, every movie we see is a story, obviously. The Bible is nothing but a series of stories. Certainly Jesus understood the power of, of, of storytelling with the uh, with the Good Samaritan and the Prodigal Son and all the rest of it. But the one thing I didn't really think about quite so clearly until I, I heard you speak about it was throughout all of human history, it wasn't just that we learned from stories. It's that we learned from stories almost always in a, in a community that, that the information and the wisdom of our, of our culture came to us through a story, but it came to us through a story that we were sharing. And if you think, if you think of cultures really right up until ours, you got a bunch of people in a room listening to somebody tell a story and that, that dynamic is certainly in play when you go to the movies. I mean, it's a completely different experience seeing a movie in a movie theater than it is watching it at home on, on a, even if you've got a home theater, mm -hmm. completely different. And, and so 
when even when we were watching things as like small little groups, like a family group, when I grew up, we were all watching the same things together at the same time. We may not have been in the same physical place, but, you know, on Thursday nights, there's what, you know, 30 million people watching Friends, right? Or everybody's watching Gilligan's Island or they're watching Hee Haw or whatever. It was, it was something that was shared. Right. And now we not only get, we don't only not get the same message, we don't get anything at the same time in the same place. And this to me seems to be really rapidly uh, destroying the bonds of humanity, and, and certainly I don't have to tell you uh, that people say and do things on the internet that they would never say and do to your face, <laughs> if for no other reason than the fear of, you know, losing a tooth or something. But, but, but it, the, this interconnectivity is depriving us of the humanity of the connection. And I'm deeply worried about that because I see a lot of things out there that, that kind of indicate to me that that the fundamental human fabric is starting to um, unwind. Sure, man. You know, and uh, yeah, it's it's like being deconstructed. To you know, the internet is basically our our, our modern day tower of Babylon, if you will. And uh, and the Lord deconstructed. He brought the whole posse. He says, "Yo, let us go down, and we got to stop the construction of this." Because, and this is this is the endorsement that God gives of of humanity. He says. If they keep this up, there won't be anything that they can't do. That's a heavy thing for God to say. There won't be anything that they can't do. And it's, it's not so that's not such a bad thing. Hey, the, the, the capacity that we have. But God knows also it's like, but there isn't anything that they won't do to do anything that they can't do. And they oh, will do a it, lot. Of, they will do a lot of and, evil. Right. And there's the rub. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So now now this was prophesied to us, you know, even with the uh, with the prophet Daniel. But you, Daniel, uh, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall increase. We got people running around all over the place, don't we? And knowledge, yeah, we and there has de definitely been an explosion of knowledge. Now, this should, that, that that does seem like it would be a, a normal uh, evolution of things. It's like, of course, knowledge is going to increase, right? But this is like, in, 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 at a point in time, an explosion of knowledge. And, you know, the thing is, Jesus himself being the fulfillment of all these things, because the whole book is about him. From the very beginning, it's telling you of who he is, what he's going to do, and what's going to happen to him. Jesus, indeed, being a, a great storyteller, but he doesn't just invoke stories, he calls to account. These are things that happen. Jesus didn't just suffer a brutal execution over a story. These things had to actually happen. You know, it's like, a, you know, it, it, it's like one of those things where Jesus is either the king of kings or he's the king of coincidence. Um, orchestrating his own execution would be one thing. And to do that for what, I don't know. I mean, that would be pretty sick and twisted. And you couldn't really see him as a good person or a good teacher if he did something that just really had no redeeming value that caused other people to get killed, basically lying about who he said he is. You know, and that's one thing, but to orchestrate his own birth. Now that's amazing. <laughs> so it's, it's one of those things where we're, when we're looking at storytelling, if the word itself, and I, and cause you know, my, I myself, you know, who at one time was an agnostic borderline atheist. That's what I chalked it up to also. And like I say, if the, if, if it's a book of stories, then the consequences is just a story. And People are going to take liberties with the, on how they think that the story will end for themselves as they as they YOLO or pursue their own destiny. Hey, it's just a story. I'm going to write the book on this concerning my life and what consequences I will answer to. And we have a world that's steeped in that. And like I say, there's 
there has to be a judgment for these things. We can't use the excuse. And, and, and I, I know your, I know your point. Your point is basically the effect, the power of storytelling. That's what we're getting out to. And, and the internet, the, how the yes. internet is destroying, is destroying most of that. That's right. Uh, positive but, aspects of that. But, you know, we gotta be, but I'm just clarifying for, for our audience, you know, because, you know, when we're, we're, we kind of take on these things, this, this idea, at the same time, we know that in this story, in every good story, even if it's the stage of the human story, there has to be uh, an account for these things. There has to be justice. There has to be closure. There has to be a closing scene. Who is the director who calls cut? Who is the one qualified to say, okay, that's a wrap. This is how it's done. It's like, who died and made you director, right? The Lord says, look, man, these are my qualifications. I came and I bled for this qualification. Here's my writ of qualifications of who I am, who's qualified to judge, and who is qualified to close this scene and say, that's a wrap. If we just say that this is a story that anybody can just write, then there, there will never be an actual judgment. There will never be a close to this. And it's it will end. The curtain call itself will just be a, a, a curtain call of a burning curtain coming down on us that will just never go out. We don't want that. So in this story, man, I leave it. I try not to step away from the script of the actual story writer. And we have our choice on how we're going to answer to and how we're going to play our role. But there has to be a qualified director in it. What do we do about this uh, human disconnect? How do we solve this problem? Um, the, the, the whole experience of um of just surfing the net is an extremely by definition is a is a solitary uh experience because somebody's clicking the, the link to whatever the next thing is i mean especially now with this with this um COVID shutting down movie theaters and stuff, these last vestiges are, are just falling away. And, and by the way, uh, the people that are, that are trying their very best to change society into very inhuman forms really, 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 really don't like us getting together face to face. They, in fact, I'm utterly convinced without any shadow of a doubt that because of the scientific contradictions and, and the, just the sheer silliness of, of the mask mandate, that the great, the greater part of it is, is that they're trying to enforce this human anonymity upon us, that um, that they're taking away our ability to make expressions and read expressions. Uh, they're essentially just wiping our faces off, and they very much want us to live our life online. I saw, I saw uh, the reptile uh, Zuckerberg uh, in this in this fantasy house and he's, he's you know, it's just it's terrifying. He's like, it's this, it's this virtual house. He says, imagine coming home to a beautiful place like this every day where you've got this incredible view out the window and you've got all this other stuff, you know? And, and essentially what he's saying is you may live in a hovel and, and, and stuff, but uh, if you sign up for all this stuff, when you come home, you live in a palace. And now we're getting to the, to the, the end game of of where this thing is going and that is uh a world where the virtual experience so far surpasses the real experience that essentially people even if they go to work anymore it's just so they can come home close the doors disappear into the internet and and i of all the things i see out there i think the thing that really concerns me the most 
are things like going to like a major league baseball game and seeing people in front of me with box seats right on the right on the infield there and and the two parents watching the game and and the four kids are just looking down at the phone i've seen videos of people going through the grand canyon you know hold you know all they're doing is is videotaping it there's something really wrong here and and where it's heading inexorably is is a world where everybody can be controlled because if your experience is an online virtual experience then the technical monkeys that run that technology can do whatever they want to we see this already with things like the censorship of the news and all this all this other stuff that they that they're trying to get away with but imagine if 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 this thing really does continue to to go the way it's going they will then simply determine your actual reality, your day-to-day -day reality. And I think that's not a, a future we really want to get into. Heck no, man. They're trying to turn us into a lawnmower man country, uh, uh, culture, man. Remember that movie, Lawnmower Man? Or, you know, or The Matrix, you know. I guess, you know, for so many people, you know, dissolution, you know, dissolution with, with, with reality. They want to make a, a reality, I guess, that they can control and a reality where they can do, like, all these things and stuff like that as, as, as we're alone together if you will this is this, that's right you know alone together yeah it's what what an oxymoron that is right but you know it's it's almost like you know the um the generation that that really got into like trying to lucid dream you know what i'm saying like have that lucid dream where you can control your dreams and stuff like that because heck man being asleep and dreaming uh is way better than this reality that we have to face you know if you could just spend you know eight hours a day you know just dreaming about whatever you want how fantastic well now we've got the technology we're we're, we're you know on the precipice of this technology where you could just jack in man and, and you can live whatever reality that you want and heck maybe even at some point uh, facilitate your own so-called immortality, which, you know, I think is kind of like a, a knuckleheaded pursuit, man, because it's what I call it, the, the, the trip over the plug syndrome. You know, <laughs> it's like somebody's got to monitor that plug, you know, or if not, you know, that, that, uh, so-called eternal virtual reality life is, is going to end up being cut short. And, uh, but it's a lot of it though, Bill is, is people just feeling so empty and so unfulfilled. As we isolated, we become more isolated sure. every day. Yeah, we're becoming more estranged for, from each other as we put the burden of wanting to be fulfilled by each other. You got these policies of people that, that want to demand that this is what you're going to have to do to live as a better society. You have to conform to these ideas that we have. And you got people out there who are sold on it. And the more they try to pay into it, the more empty that they feel. And they don't seem to make the connection, uh, no matter how much they surf online and try to, uh, you know, find whatever it is that they're looking for. All these, all these messages. It's like, you know, like we talked about before, you got all these people trying to put out their message of love wins and and what you're supposed to do to be a good person, love the environment and all that sort of stuff. And all this messaging is so powerful, Bill. We're in the age of of messaging. And and the, just the irony of it is, man, it's like, is this coincidence? Once again, is this coincidence? The first job given to sentient beings was messaging. That's what angel means. The Hamalakim, if you want to call it in the Hebrew, messenger, right? Deputies of God, the ones who bring the message on behalf of God to say, this is what this is. They were created to witness God lay the foundations of the universe so they could say, yeah, dude, we were there. We watched it. We were, yeah, we saw the whole thing. Heralds. Heralds. And, and see, God has a serious issue. He has huge issues when people get away from the message. 
Just like it says with the angels, those who stepped away from their first estate, their estate, their station was truth. Those who stepped away from truth, God's like, yeah, I got a special place reserved from you. You go out there and you twist up my message, any message. I got problems with you. So we're in that day today where people are using messages. The word says life and death is in the power of the tongue. People are destroying each other. They're destroying societies. They're destroying businesses. They're destroying relationships with their message, thinking that they're doing a good thing. And this is what this, this wonderful tool, that's what we're using it for. <laughs> I was like, come on, you know, as a comedian did, uh, was got to the heart of what I'm trying to get at with this human connection thing. He said, uh, you know, if I'd been born 20 years ago and my best friend, you know, called me on the phone and said my my uh, my uncle died, and I, I'd have to listen to him talk for for an hour. Mm. But now I can just unfriend him, and uh, and and so you know, there you go. You get out of you get out of the good aspects of human connection, and you also get out of the bad aspects, or at least the difficult ones. That's a better word, the difficult mm. ones. Um, I remember uh, the guy I worked for in the planetarium, Jack Horkheimer. Uh, was was very sick. He was generally very sick, and he had a good friend named Art Smith. And Art Smith came and stayed with him at the hospital. and And he said, uh, Jack said, you know, Art, you know, uh, you don't have to be here. I know, you know, you don't have to be here with me all the time. He said, Yeah, I know that, Jack. That's that's what friends do. Friends are friends are places and doing things when they don't have to do it. When it that that's the definition of of what friendship is. And that bond. Uh, goes on and on and on. I don't see any evidence of that out there today with with younger people. I don't see four o'clock in the morning friends. Mm. You know, I don't see. I don't. That doesn't mean it's not there. I'm just saying I don't see it. So I want to be crystal clear on this too. I, I see people with lots and lots and lots of followers um, and likes and so on. But when I say four o'clock in the morning friends, there are there are people I know. You're one of them. Uh, that could call me at three or four in the morning and say, "Hey, man, I'm 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 halfway between here and Las Vegas, and my car just completely crapped out. And can you come and get me?" And I said, "Yeah, okay." And hang up the phone and go, "Okay, take it." But 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 I get in the car and I'd go, and and that depth seems to be lacking. And you can you can actually extrapolate that the other way too. So I grew up in an era when we didn't have the internet. So I had real friends. I didn't have a lot of them. I didn't want a lot of them. I had good friends. And that's one of the reasons I, I survived was good, close friends. Now I don't see that, but you could actually work that backwards to my dad's generation where they weren't just friends. They were friends in foxholes. And those bonds are, are, are closer than anything I can imagine. So as the world becomes more and more comfortable, we become less and less human. And I, I understand that this is built into the fabric of, of humans, that this is one of those great fault lines in the human heart. But I also think there should be something we can do about it. And I, I don't know exactly what it is. And maybe people in the comments section can, can get to it. But, but when what's interesting is it's not really the technology that's the problem because originally, and when I say originally, I mean seven, eight years ago, Facebook was a place where you could get in touch with the cousin you hadn't seen in forever. And you could, you, you could look up high school friends you hadn't seen. And there was no 
algorithms and there was no filtering and there was no $100 million of political messaging and there was no excluding topics and there was no, you can't talk to this guy because we don't like what he's saying. And the same thing for YouTube. YouTube used to be a giant warehouse that you could put stuff up on and then send a link to somebody else. They could watch it. it now, the humans that are in charge of both of these platforms have through this, this need, this, this obsessive need to be gods, determined who and what we see, who and what we can talk to, and, and, and all the rest of it. And, and since that human connection face-to-face -face is not there anymore, we are subjected to tremendous psychological pressures that would not only not have existed if there hadn't been an internet, but, but wouldn't exist today even if this poisonous new internet were still here, as long as we still had those family conversations, but we don't have those either now. Yeah, I tell you what, man, it's, it's uh, I, I just, off the top of my head, uh, I saw this picture. I was kind of like doing some research on like, you know, um, you know, what, what minimum wage jobs like look like, you know, today or, you know, in a, what, what kind of Gen Z jobs are out there. And, and I went to this website and uh, that's, that's kind of, you know, a hub for this sort of stuff. And the picture that I saw was just so telling. It just had a, a line of, of Gen, Generation Z, uh, uh, folk just standing smiling they look all happy and the pictures all colorful and stuff like that and but they're every one of them is looking at their phone yep and now i guess this picture is supposed to be uh, maybe like inviting or or whatnot because it's supposed to be like a point of of looking for jobs you know what kind of jobs are out there and this is the picture that they use. I mean, heck, man, when, you know, when we were growing up back in our day, if you saw pictures like that and there were like some some people of our generation standing around, they're like looking at each other, you know, or like looking at, uh, you know, like smiling and laughing. And they have this connection with each other. Now they're just looking at their phone. And the funny thing is, is that they might actually be standing next to the person that they're having the conversation with. <laughs> it's that kind of thing, you know, that 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 we're that we're doing, man. And, um, you know, it's. It's one of those things that it doesn't surprise me. Uh, you know, it's it's we got to live with it, you know, which kind of sucks. But it's not one of those things that surprises me. Um, I'm not caught off guard by these kind of things. Uh, you know, like when you're talking about like friends and, you know, like even for myself, you know, as introverted as I am and I don't have a broad social circle, uh, social circle. Uh, but, you know, I look at uh, even even uh, what's happened like with with my brand, you know, it's bad enough, you know, with all the shadow banning and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But it's like where where are the people who who were your friends, uh, you know, uh, these, you know, like minded or friends in the cause. Man, I got people I got friends who treat me like a closet friend, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I don't I uh, can, I don't want to post any pictures. If there's any pictures with me, can you scrub me out of them or can you not post pictures because I don't want to be outed, right? Or, uh, you know, I, I see pictures of um, these same people. They'll post them with the, the, the big political celebrities, um, you know, or, or um, commentators and, you know, mainstream commentators and stuff like that, that they got a picture with them and stuff like that, but they don't want pictures of them with me because mm. they don't want to be outed. And I'm like... If you're worried about being outed, why do you have pictures of yourself with this person? It's not that you're worried about being outed by me. You just don't want to be seen with me, you know. And I've 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 I've, I've had people send me emails 
I don't want, you know, like, like even trying to promote some stuff. Like here, um, you got a project that you're working on. Hey, man, we'll we'll do a, a picture and and I'll put it up. And so uh, uh, no, 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 because I don't want my political leanings. Oh, so you don't want me to help you promote your project. You want me to be a part of your project, but you don't want to help me. Help there is a response for people like that, but we can't mention it on this show. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so. So, yeah, I that that connection, you know, that fear of even friendship, you know, is if that's what we call it. Yeah. That that kind of stuff, it really exists. And it's really sad to have those kind of things, even in um, and just one more one more thought, even in our even in our ranks. But. When the, what's the answer to that? What is the answer to that? There is an answer. We, it was written to us a long time ago. It's the manual of how we're supposed to do these things. It even says things like, do unto others, you know, as you would have them do unto you. Uh, and it tells you, because I mean, now you got some people out there who will do unto others, would have them, do, and, and there's some really kinky stuff. So you, <laughs> it's like, look, uh, actually don't do that to me, bro. Maybe you like that stuff done to you, but don't, <laughs> don't do that to me. There has to be a standard of what to build that on. And, you know, Loving your neighbor as you would love yourself. Actually, what it takes to be a friend, you know, not to- You don't know your neighbor anymore, Zoe. Exactly. That's my entire point. You have no idea right. who's on the other side of that wall if you're in an apartment complex. Yes, yes. And 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 the word gives us discernment about, hey, it, do, it doesn't tell you that you have to accept everything that everybody does. You see, that's another thing, Bill. We're in this culture where really real love is accepting everybody. You have to accept everything that they're doing. While these people who preach that don't accept what other people do while they're talking about tolerance. It's total of hypocrisy. Course. Trying of to, course. you know, yank the splinter out of somebody else's eye while they're ignoring that plank in theirs. You mm -hmm. know, so we have a whole culture of that. And once again, I would subscribe. The thing that keeps this being a stuff from being a big surprise to me is is reading that 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 book. Well, the I'll just close with this. You know, that example you used, I, I imagine what they were trying to do with that photograph was to recreate the job lines of, of the old, you know, especially during the Depression where you'd have a line of men, you know, a mile long, half a mile long, six blocks stretching out men, just desperate men in line waiting to get a job. And I guess what they're trying to say is, hey, we don't have to wait in line anymore to get a job. Now we can get a job online. But this this actually completely makes my point because everybody's looking for a job by themselves now. But if you're standing in that line in the 30s, right, and you're waiting for four or five hours to see if you can get a job uh, and you don't have the ability to disappear and start playing Candy Crush on your on your mobile device, <laughs> then what those guys in the lines did was they started talking to each other. And when the guy in front of you for the next two hours and the guy behind you for the next two hours are telling you their stories and their stories of their own hardship match or exceed yours, you get something out of that. That you, you look at that line and you just think, wow, okay, big long line. It must be completely silent. I have no doubt whatsoever that, that the men in those lines were, were sharing stories of, of you know, and, and, and making connections and releasing all of this stuff. I'm sure in a number of cases they, they started either friendships or, or, or decided to help each other. But there was something human going on there. At the very, 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 very least, even if there was no conversation at all, you could look around you and see there are real people here like me in a lot of trouble. And, and we are social creatures. And social media is destroying the social bonds that make us human. And 
the only thing we can do about it is be aware of it and try to turn up the volume on, on the face-to-face -face side and get as much of that in there as we possibly can. Mm. That'll do it for this edition of the Virtue Signal made possible by the members at BillWhittle.com, uh, many of whom I've met on the road and who universally turn out to be just the best people ever. So if you're a miserable, rotten, horrible person and you'd like to be a really terrific, great, wonderful person, you can go right over to BillWhittle.com, either hit the um, Become a Member button or you can make a one-time donation and like that, magically, your entire self-worth will just spin on a dime. It's absolutely astonishing. Offer not good in California or New Jersey. Uh, your results may vary. Um, <laughs> anyway, that'll do it for this edition of the Virtue Signal. We'll see you next week right here for Bill Whittle and Alfonso. Rachel, thanks for joining us. Mm -hmm.